Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back to ND on NBC. I'm Jack Collinsworth. We are presented by Under Armour. Notre Dame squeaks their way past Toledo. Nothing easy about that game. Took about everything they had in the bag of tricks. They go double quarterbacks. If there's one positive piece of news coming out of the game for Notre Dame, it's that Tyler Buckner looked darn good and Jack Cohn looked darn clutch, exactly like he did at Florida State. So now you have two options. And I, probably the biggest thing leaving that game is that you remember how much Coach Kelly, Coach Reese, Tommy Reese, how much they want a running quarterback. If you think back to Malik Zaire, Everett Golston, Brandon Wimbush, so many of these quarterbacks the last handful of years, Deshaun Kaiser, have had a running element to the game, have added a running element to this offense. This offense is more dynamic, more explosive, opens up the playbook when the quarterback can pull that thing out and go run. Jack Cohn has been great from the pocket. He's been delivering the ball to Michael Mayer, to Kevin Austin, to Chris Tyree a bit. Out of the backfield, he's been getting the ball to everybody. Lindsey, we've seen Joe Wilkins have a touchdown catch at Florida State. But there's just something special, something added, something even more difficult to defend when you have a running quarterback. And with the issues continuing to rise with the offensive line, Blake Fisher banged up, the injuries that they're battling on the left side of that offensive line, to have something else, to not have to drop back every time and give extra help to that left side and be able to just go attack from the quarterback position, from the running back position, to be playing downhill, Buckner gives that added element. Um, but just talking to Jack Cohn about coming back into that game, that's, that's going to be our guest this week, coming back into that game late, knocks his finger out of that socket there, gets a little dislocation of that finger, Runs over to the sideline, pop it right back in. He tells that complete story in terms of what he was hearing, feeling. Also, his relationship with Tyler Buckner, which I think really allows this thing to play out in the way that it has. These two are so close. They root for each other. Um, and so it allows for this two-quarterback system. And my guess is we will continue to see this as the season progresses. Let's hear from Jack Cohn, though. His personality is so awesome. And a true Notre Dame man that didn't get to spend enough time at the University of Notre Dame. Here is Jack Cohn. So, so take me to the Florida State game. It's your first start for Notre Dame. You're on the road. What's running through your mind going into that game? Honestly, it was just a dream come true. You know, I was feeling so many different emotions and just so thankful for, you know, that moment I had and just sort of thinking about all the stuff that has led me to that moment in my life. I'm thinking about my family and things like that. Um, and just to play on the road in a night game in a place like Florida State, it was just such an exciting opportunity. And, and to play in a Notre Dame uniform was was even cooler so it was just an amazing moment what were some of the deciding moments as you look back on that game towards the fourth quarter when they start to get their way back into it? it's an 18 point lead 
then they get back into it. What were some of the deciding moments as that game came down the stretch in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I mean, we kind of – the offense kind of cooled off a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, I wish we could have put up a few more points. Um, but, I mean, throughout the game, we had a bunch of big plays, uh, explosive plays that I think helped us and put us in position, um, you know, basically to, to have the opportunity to win. So I don't know if I could point to one exact thing, though. Did you mentally start going, I just got to throw the ball up to these wide receivers and start just giving them a chance to come down with it, give them a chance to go win? Was that was that an actual conversation or, or just a deciding thing inside your head? Absolutely. I mean, that's something, you know, we definitely game planned and talked about going into the game. Um, you know, we have playmakers all over the field. And, you know, if they're singled up, you know, you kind of just have to give them a chance and they're usually going to come down with it. Um, so it's super mm-hmm. exciting playing with all those guys. And I'm definitely uh, lucky to have them. So, so spin me ahead to Toledo. You guys are now at Toledo. The final drive, the game is, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff goes on throughout the course of that game. It winds up very close, probably closer than you would have liked it. Take me to that final drive and walk me through what you remember. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how much time was on the left, like a minute, a little over a minute 30, I think. Um, but we, I think we had one timeout left, so I knew we were going to have time. Um, and basically, I was just thinking going into it, just do your job. Don't overthink anything. Get the ball to the playmakers. Make the right reads. Um, and we come out, you know, you know, Kevin's singled up on a guy, so we could take a shot to him. Of course, he makes an unbelievable catch. Um, come back a few more quick plays. Then all of a sudden, my finger pops out, which is happens at the craziest moment in the game, of course. Uh, but our trainer, Mike Bean, did a great job putting it in right away. Um, we come back and hit the touchdown to Mike, so it's uh, pretty crazy. What the hell happened to your finger, man? What happened to it? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I guess I hit it on the guy. Like, I, I don't I didn't really remember, like, the exact moment. But I definitely felt it a little bit. And I looked down, and you know, it was a little popped out of place. Um, so I knew I was going to be able to probably grip a football or throw it. So I knew I had to, you know, go see the trainer quickly. And I did a great job. I mean, it was sort of like a pit crew for, like, NASCAR or something. They kind of <laughs> popped back in quickly and got me right back on the track. So it's pretty, pretty fun. So, so when you run over to the sideline, is your finger literally just sticking sideways? It wasn't sideways. It was sort of like it was like the top part was sort of like popped up and back, but it wasn't sideways. But uh, definitely didn't look right. Um, so it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's never happened to me before. What, what did it feel like? What, like how bad was the pain? I mean, it felt like I kind of just jammed my finger. Um, but to be honest with you, like your adrenaline's going so much at that time that you don't really feel much of anything. Um, but, yeah, I looked down. It didn't look right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Crazy. So then when the trainer presses on it, what, what what's the feeling then? Does it feel like it just shoots back into place, or what did that feel like on your hand? Yeah, I mean, you kind of just feel it go back into place, and it was, felt like normal. I mean, I'm sure my adrenaline wasn't going so fast. It probably would have been a lot more painful. But I actually didn't hurt too bad at the time. It never occurred to you to come out of the game? No. I mean, I thought I was going to have to. I didn't know it was going to be that quick. Um, but, yeah, I was definitely pretty thankful it happened that way. So, so you roll back into the huddle. You go back into the game. What's it feel like when you grip the football for the first time after your finger just got popped back in? I mean, it felt fine. I mean, I was thinking about so much stuff at that point. Uh, but I wasn't really thinking about the finger at all. Um, so it felt fine. So, so coming into this game, we knew that there was a possibility you may see a little rotation of the quarterbacks. Did you know going into it, too, that you may split a little bit of time? Or, or what was your mental process heading into this one? Definitely. I mean, we definitely um, – that was part of the game plan. We all knew Tyler was going to play. Um, and it was super exciting to game, uh, see him get out there and have so much success. I mean, he played a huge part in helping us win. And, you know, obviously he's a great friend of mine, and it was great to see him do it. How did you two become friends? <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, in the quarterback room, you, 
spend so much time together, you know, meeting on the field, throwing together, um, that you obviously become close with each other. Um, and he's been a great kid, you know, ever since we come in. I mean, obviously he came in with all the freshmen, and I was kind of that part of that freshman crew coming in since I was a transfer. So we did a lot of stuff right from the beginning. And, you know, he's a super nice kid, super funny kid. So kind of hit it off right away. Did you guys end up being roommates? No, we didn't. I, fortunately, I don't have to live in the dorms. So yeah. I, he's in the dorms still. Um, so, no. Okay, I thought somebody mentioned maybe a camp or something like that. You guys never ended up being roommates? Oh, we did, yeah. In fall camp, uh, we ended up uh, being roommates um, for that uh, week and a half uh, we were in there. So it was cool. We got close to that, too. Okay, bet. So, so when he comes into the game for for you, is it what, what's what's it like when you head over to the sideline? What's it like when you get to the sideline and then you come back into the game? How, how does that feel? Yeah, I mean, I was excited when he went in because I knew yeah. we had some plays that I thought were going to hit, and obviously they did. And I mean, I see Tyler in practice every day, you know, running the ball, you know, looking super fast, making crazy cuts. So it was exciting to see him doing the game and really get some live action. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool um, just see him going and then. When I got back in the game, it was just back to try and do my job, and, and that was really it. I'm really fascinated by people like you in, in clutch moments because I've seen you now the last second, these sort of last-minute drives when you got to have it, have to have it. You're mental when you're going into those type of moments. What, what's running through your, your mind? What, how does it feel different? How does it feel like have to have it right now? What does that feel like? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I think it was last summer – uh, when I was still with Wisconsin, uh, Magic Johnson able, was able to come in and talk to a few guys on the team. And I asked him about, you know, these moments where basically you got to have it, you know, the game's winding down, things like that. And, you know, basically he said that he pointed to guys like Tom Brady and he said, you look at him and all he does is just come out and he does his job. Like he doesn't do anything special to try to, you know, overreach or things like that. He just comes out, does his job. Of course, he goes right down the field and scores every time. So that was just kind of my mindset, just do my job, don't overthink anything, just follow the plan. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, so take me back to your time at Wisconsin. You have the injury. When did you think, maybe I you might think about Notre Dame, might think about a different school, maybe there may be something else for my college career. Yeah, honestly, not till the very end uh, when I decided to transfer. Um, I hit the transfer portal and I was sort of, you know, doing my own research, trying to find schools that, you know, we're losing a quarterback, you know, to the draft or a guy that was graduating. And obviously, I looked at Notre Dame and, you know, the amazing program it was and culture it had. And, you know, I hoped um, they would recruit me, and I ended up doing it, and it worked out pretty good. But Notre Dame didn't give you a scholarly out of high school, huh? That's right. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. They, What's uh, up with that? I, they took uh, Avery Davis. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm a quarterback. Um, <laughs> so it's crazy. I, he was in my class, and now I'm throwing balls to him. Uh, just wild stuff. Does it feel like a full circle for your entire life growing up rooting for Notre Dame? You had the sign in your in your room growing up, right? Did you take the sign down when you didn't get the scholarship offer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, once I knew I wasn't going there, it came down right away. Um, but, yeah, it definitely felt like you – know, sort of like this was meant to be. Um, you know, once they uh, decided they were willing to take me in the transfer portal, you know, it was just an unbelievable moment. I mean, I rooted from growing up. You know, I was going to come here for lacrosse out of high school. And it uh, comes back, you know, through injury, COVID year, everything. Um, I end up coming here, um, transferring. So just pretty wild. When you get to Notre Dame, I think it's so hard sometimes. Like when I first got up to Notre Dame, I didn't really know anybody at Notre Dame. I didn't have any friends. It was the first time in my life where I had to make all new friends on the fly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, I didn't realize how hard that was. So 
what were some of the hardest parts about trying to go fit into a new building after basically already having a full college career, full college life at Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, sort of like you, I mean, I come into Wisconsin, I feel that way. Like, I got to make, you know, new friends, you know, sort of quickly. Like, I don't know anyone. And then, of course, I have to do it again. And that was the toughest part. You know, you go uh, to a, you go from a place in Wisconsin where you're there for four years. You have so many, you know, great and strong relationships there. You know, you know everyone like the back of your hand, you know, the place, you know, the spots you like to go and everything. And then you come here and I knew nobody. So it's just sort of starting over. You know, building new relationships with people, you know, learning, you know, where you like to go, where you like to eat, you know, what your routine is going to be like. Um, so just starting over was was probably the toughest part. Who was the first friend you made at Notre Dame? I'd say one of my first friends was probably J.D. Bertrand. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. wow. So basically we just lived in the, the same apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of just talked through that. And I went out and hung out with him a few times. And I think we're very similar people. I mean, He's just an extremely hard worker, um, does everything he can to become a better football player. So that was someone I definitely wanted to surround myself around. I like it. Where does the love for lacrosse come from anyway? I mean, I think it just comes from, you know, Long Island. I mean, that's sort of the the hotbed for for lacrosse. Um, My dad played in high school, so sort of had a stick in my hand from from an early age. Um, And, yeah, just growing up, seeing all these uh, lacrosse players go Division I and then pro, um, sort of idolizing some of those guys. Um, and it's a, such a fun sport. It's like it's a combination of a bunch of different sports. Um, and I was definitely, you know, very lucky to play it. What's your dad say about watching his boy play quarterback at Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, he's the most fired up dad you'll find in the country. I mean, he, he's definitely a madman. I think he might be a little over proud at times, you know, for my liking. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, I know he's always texting his friends, probably, you know, tweeting stuff, everything about it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dream come true for him as well. Is he – how often is he up at campus? Uh, he's, he's coming every game. So and he, he, is. he was up there for the last one. Wasn't there some story about, you know, he said he was going to bring you to – did he ever end up bringing you to a game as a kid? Yeah, I mean, so the story was, uh, I think when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I wrote like a journal entry um, about my like greatest Christmas gift ever or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I basically said, you know, going to a Notre Dame football game would be my, you know, dream come true, greatest gift ever. Um, of course, my dad never took me to one. Um, and, yeah, now I'm, I'm taking him to them. So that was a, a funny story. <laughs> so now you're taking him to all the games. How, how about your relationship with Tommy Reese? It's one of my favorite things to do when we get to come up to campus, uh, that meeting with Tommy. I, just, I, I love the way that he sees not only Notre Dame football, having lived it already, but just the way that he sees offensive football. Some of the early days with Tommy Reese, getting to know the way he saw offenses and football and you had your background of Wisconsin. What were some of the differences? What stood out about the way that Coach Reese called a game? Yeah, I mean, Coach Reese, you know, I think the best part about him is he's sort of, you know, a psychotic competitor. I mean, he's truly a madman and wants to win, um, you know, more than anyone. And, yeah, it was kind of cool coming in and him sort of just, you know, trying to see what knowledge I had. Um, from Wisconsin and then sort of just trying to build on that knowledge to show me stuff that maybe I didn't do at Wisconsin that we do here or could do in the future. So it was just super fun, you know, learning a whole new system. Um, and, you know, seeing the way he calls games, you know, in the first two is, is definitely so much fun to play in. Um, and I feel like we're on the same page a bunch. Um, and, yeah, like you said, I mean, he's just a guy that's, you know, lived every single thing I'm going through. He can relate to everything. You know, he's sort of, you know, one of us in the room. He's not like an older coach that, you know, you can't make certain jokes to or things like that. Um, he's just a relatable guy, a, a really good guy, and uh, I'm definitely you know, happy to be playing for him. 
how is this system more quarterback friendly? Yeah, I mean, I just say that, um, you know, there's, they just do a bunch of different things, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, having more spread out formations, doing different stuff formationally, you know, having some tempos, you know, not, you know, not huddling as much, um, maybe a few more you know, aggressive play calls down the field. Um, I mean, it's just a little different style. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, both systems I played, I want to achieve the same things. Um, we just get to them in a little different ways. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun to play in. Talk to me about Michael Mayer just for a second, because he, he went to high school right up the road from me, actually one of the biggest rivals of our school. He went to Cuffcat. I went to a school called oh. High, about five minutes away. Uh, but he's kind of been the talked about one since he was like a little kid, man. Like everybody's known that this guy yeah. was D1. He's going to be something unbelievable all, all big time. Uh, so what makes him great? You get to see him every day. What makes him great? I mean, I feel like I can point to so many different things. I mean, just athletically, he's a freak. Um, I mean, he's 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 built. He's jacked. I mean, he could run like the wind. He can go up and, you know, catch anything. He's got such strong hands. Um, you, you rarely see the first guy on the field bring him down. It always takes two guys to bring him down. Now, he can run around you. He can jump over you. I feel like he's just a full package. And, I mean – you know, it's just unbelievable to play with, and, you know, I'm lucky to play with him. How about his mind? What's his mind like? He's a crazy man. I mean, he's definitely an intense guy, you know, on the field and off the field. Uh, super competitive. Um, yeah, intense is definitely the word I'd use. I, I heard CEO energy. How CEO? Yeah, I mean, he's – I feel like he's locked in all the time. I mean, he's definitely a funny guy too, but I feel like he's always locked in. And, you know, at any moment he could uh, – kind of snap a little bit um but yeah, it's pretty cool jack, jack who are the who's the funny guy on the team who's somebody that just makes you smile who's, who's the entertainer on this group that can keep it light i'm gonna say drew pine i think really I think, I think he's one of the funniest kids you know if you ever talk to him he's got a great personality i mean he's always acting like a clown um i think anyone on the team would say that this is my this is my last one for you anybody throwing some nil money at you man like is anybody finally saying hey jack Cohen, we got to get involved with this guy a little bit yeah i mean honestly i haven't been doing too much uh with nil um i've been trying to get a bunch of food places around here actually um so trying not to pay for food has actually been huge um and yeah that's all i've really been trying to get you got to get you some deals lined up jack really appreciate you taking some time man you got you got it going on two and oh Wins are wins in this business, man. You're brand new here. Two wins, two kind of last second, have to go make it happen in the clutch, and you're doing those things. So I hope you're having fun. Keep enjoying it, and uh, get that ball out quick, man. There's a few injuries on that O-line. Definitely. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. You too, man. See you soon. See you. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.